Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world via our YouTube channel. Just go to GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. You know what we're all stuck in the middle of? These elitists that want you to think that celebrating Italian-American history and remembering the suffering and sacrifice of Native Americans are somehow mutually exclusive of one another. Hey, you know, we can and we should certainly have a day to honor the indigenous peoples of America. Just not on Columbus Day. Like every other part of American history, Native Americans are important to our national story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I will never back down from my assertion that the United States of America is the greatest country in the entire history of humankind. But I will acknowledge that it took a lot of violence to get us there. There have been winners and there have been losers since the beginning of mankind. There have been wars since the beginning of mankind. There have been the oppressors and the oppressed since the beginning of mankind. We're going to talk about this ridiculous move by people who demagogue any issue they can to further divide us and how Italian-Americans overcame being perhaps at one time the most discriminated group of Americans to be part of our national fiber. We have special music guests, The Flannels, and more tonight on Get Real with Ralph. Good evening, and once again, welcome to Get Real with Ralph, and this is Ralph Nudie in the studios at AM 1050 WLIP. We've got a great show tonight, and of course, I'm going to introduce you to the people in the studio that help make this show great. But before I do that, I want to dive into this subject here about this movement to almost abolish Columbus Day or replace it with Indigenous Peoples Day or Native Americans Day or whatever you want to call it. And... The reason I want to address this is because this attempt to divide all of us that we keep talking about, it doesn't really seem to matter what it is, just knows no bounds. Italian-Americans are a tremendously important part of our nat- national culture, part of our, part of our history, part of who we are, and so are Native Americans. 
And to pit one group against the other or make people feel like you can't acknowledge one without taking sides against the other, you can't acknowledge one without being an oppressor, is, is a ridiculous assertion. Growing up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with family members that immigrated from Italy, I had a great sense of pride in Italian-American traditions. As a child, I would spend large amounts of time with my great-grandparents who came to this country with absolutely nothing and started a life here for my grandfather and his siblings where every child of theirs lived a life basically wanting for nothing. I consider myself fortunate. And although my mother was not Italian at all, she immersed herself in my father's family and herself was proud of those adopted traditions, as well as a lot of people that have not one drop of Italian blood but really just love some of the traditions and the culture that come from the Italian-American people. I guess from a, from a technical standpoint, approximately 25% of me is 100% Italian, which means although I share the name, some language and cultures, and foods with the people of Italy, when it comes down to it, Regardless of actual ancestry, three generations in, we're about as Italian as the Olive Garden, uh, which I guess makes my kids about as Italian as Pizza Hut. But still, it's a culture and a tradition that I'm really proud to be a part of. I visited Italy in my 20s as, as a member of the uh, United States Air Force National Guard, and I spent some time with my great aunt and some cousins of mine, and I found it to be just a beautiful place and the connection between the United States of America and Italy is one, it's, it's a bond that will always be there. This move in recent years to abolish Columbus Day in the name of Native Americans or indig indigenous peoples is really a deplorable act of hatred that is stacked on top of, of years of what really is still an underlying hatred for, for Italian Americans by some people. Not, not everybody not even a majority. It's a very small minority, but they plant these seeds. The celebration of Columbus, who was a pioneer of his time and a true hero for risking life and limb to prove there is a path to the Indies by sailing west, and in doing so connected the continents of the world, and the honoring of the Native Americans who had already settled the North and South American continents do not have to be, nor should they be, mutually exclusive of one another. You know, when, when we're discussing historical events, we tend to make this big mistake of judging the actions of the eventual winners of the struggles and wars of history based on modern-day morals, and yet we ignore the transgressions of the defeated because, of course, they've been defeated. This is a mistake. The actions of both would be barbaric by today's standards, but in their time in history, they were necessary skills for survival of a society. The stronger a society, the stronger a family could be in that society, and the, great, the greater likelihood not only of survival, but of the continuance of, of an individual's offspring. This is just in the very DNA of every human being. As we have become a more civilized and humane society, the skills needed to survive and thrive have evolved, and as such, so have our morals. Killing is no longer a skill necessary to the survival of most human beings. Today's powerful and elite use manipulation and social pressure to maintain their status at the top of the human ecological food chain. And one of their greatest cons is to use guilt and to pit groups against one another. Of the many excuses made for getting rid of Columbus, there are the narratives that Columbus and his successors took slaves, spread disease, wiped out populations, conquered indigenous peoples, and committed atrocities that 
today we'd be quick to bomb or invade a small Middle Eastern country for doing the exact same actions. But again, in the course of human history, these are the ways of the time, and virtually every religion, race, and creed took part in these sorts of things. The Indians, the American Indian, that is, Native Americans, indigenous peoples, or whatever name you prefer in the name of political political correctness, these people were no different than the people of the time. If you look to the history of the Aztecs, the Incas, the Comanches, they all owned slaves. They all conquered other nations. They all had warring factions. Just like early Europe had tribes that warred against one another. The difference at that time between Europe and and the West was that Europe had a longer period of time to become more civilized and become more organized and to become better at waging war. Who knows what the world would have looked like had Columbus not discovered America right then and there, or had we not sailed west to find the east for another hundred or so years. Who knows what the world would have looked like, for example, in the 1940s when the empire of Japan had the idea that they wanted to take over the world if there wasn't a United States of America. Perhaps the indigenous peoples by then would have formed a nation of their own and they would have been allied with them. We really don't know what would have happened. We only know what did happen. Later on in history, the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, the Creek, the Seminole, all owned African-American slaves, every single one of them. The ways of the American people at many times in history were barbaric, and they were wrong by today's standards, as were those of many American Indian tribes. The Comanche were so cruel and barbaric to American settlers that did nothing more than just move on to lands that their government, the authorities told them they had the right to move on to, that that they were scary. If you want to hear barbaric, you should listen to the story of Matilda Lockhart, which is a story that I posted. A 16-year-old girl that was among a group of white settlers that the Comanche came and burned women and children at the stake. They skinned people alive. They raped. They tortured. They did many, many evil things. I am not saying this as an indictment toward the Native American. Just as the actions of the white settlers shouldn't be an indictment of Caucasian Americans in this day and age. Those were the tools and the and the resources that desperate people had at the time to try and survive. It's it, it, it's nothing that we would do in this day and age. But to turn around and blame one group of people exclusively or several groups of people exclusively for what was going on in the world, it just doesn't make any sense. I posted an article also today from the New York Times, and it is on my Facebook page, and I'll try and put it up. And, you know, history is a peculiar thing. Every player in this recipe deserves its place in it. Italian-Americans are part of our national story as well, and... Their story is more aligned with that of our nation's other minority groups that have been oppressed than they are with the oppressors. The New York Times itself had some awful racial epithets that they used toward Italian-Americans. There was a lynching in New Orleans in the uh, late 1800s in which 11 Italian-Americans who had been, six of them had been acquitted for a crime against, I believe, the sheriff at the time, were all rounded up and lynched. 
Just this year, the mayor of New Orleans finally issued an apology for those uh, 11 Italian-Americans. Uh, but back then, the, the press treated them terribly. The New York Times itself, which published the article today, called itself out for calling them WAPs, calling them Dagos, calling them guineas, which was also a term used for African-American slaves. But these people persevered. They became part of the fabric. They were a big contingent of many, many Americans of every race, of every culture, of every ethnic background that banded together to defeat the Axis in World War II and, and lead us to a better world, a world that's closer to where we are now. So it's time we stop dividing and finding villains in our past and acknowledge that our shared national experience, the good and the bad, is what makes us what we are today. After the break, we're going to come back, we're going to discuss this, and we're going to talk about our musical guest. Stay tuned. I've been to Rome, Dallas, Texas. And we're back in the studio here at AM 1050 WLIP. A little Van Hagar there. That's Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. Today is Sammy's birthday, huh? 72 years old today, man. Man, he is turning into an old bastard right before our eyes. I can't believe it. He's he's the youngest 72-year-old man on the face of the earth. Love Sammy Hagar, man. Oh, he's the greatest. He really, he, he, he defined... He defined Van Halen for a generation or for, sure for, for a decade and took him in a, in a different direction that I think was equally as good as the first decade, just right. different. Uh, he had an amazing accomplished mm-hmm. solo career, and uh, the Red Rocker is definitely one of my favorites. I was telling you before we came on mm-hmm. today that I saw him with The Circle at Summerfest a couple of years ago with an all-star cast yeah. of musicians, yeah, yeah. and wow, he, he just Fantastic. knocks. He, he is. He you is. know, he makes more money away from music. Yeah. With his, his tequila, with his tequila, and, and his, yeah, he's a marketing genius. Oh my god, he really he's, is. He's uh, and he's happy all the time, man. Well, I we, mean, you know, I'm just. How could you not be happy? Hey, you're Sammy you're, freaking Hagar, right? Right, but you know, so many rock stars out there have everything, and they're just like, "Whoa, this sucks." You yeah. know, what I mean, this guy just likes he loves to live live life. I, I think and that's why I, I that's think why he got he's famous young. for being happy. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. he's the antithesis of Kurt Cobain, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know the the depression rock. No, you know he was never really big into the drugs. No, like a lot of these other guys were. No, he he had his time. He did his thing, but he just like, hey man, you know he'd go he'd leave a party. He'd come back three days later. These guys are still up partying. He goes, man, you guys are crazy, man. Yeah, and all those guys are dead. I I read uh, some of the um, biographical um, Mm. accounts of him when Mm -hmm. he was with Van Halen and. And he'd walk into Eddie Van Halen's house, and they would be like sleeping on mattresses on the floor. They mm-hmm. were multimillionaires, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they never even bothered to buy furniture for their mansions because yeah. they were yeah. too busy just drinking straight out of the right. bottle and acting right. like a bunch of idiots. But hey, Sammy Hagar's birthday, folks! Uh, it, you know, God, great guy, great guy. In the studio with me, of course, this is Jim, the, the great Jim Selovich, who has been an instrumental part of developing this show over the past almost we're almost six months in. Can you believe Are that? we really? Well, May, June, July, August, September, October. Right, yeah, right? we're five months in. Wow. We're going to be six months in pretty soon. Holy cow. And uh, if you're seeing this on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, that is uh, Raynell Owens, who is our uh, our video producer. If you see me on Facebook, well, that's just me going Facebook Live. 
Just started doing that this week. Uh, we've got the Flannels in today. They're a local cover band, and so you know we're gonna we're gonna hear a couple of covers. But mm-hmm. I want to expand on the subject. Yeah. And if you're if you're listening either on the internet uh, or at home, and you want to call and weigh in on this two six two six nine four ten fifty. That's the number two six two six nine four ten fifty. Should Columbus Day go on as it is? as a celebration of Italian-American heritage mm-hmm. without all of the controversy. That's what I'd like to know. Should right. Columbus Day go on, celebrate without the controversy? You know, they're, they're living up for the states, obviously. Well, it's, still, because, it's a it, national it, holiday. The states are just kind of... Right. Well, um, it's not observed in Florida, Hawaii, Alaska, Vermont, North Dakota, or South Dakota, rather. Well, I, I'm disgusted that our own school board doesn't turn into it. a holiday. I, I just don't understand why, mm-hmm. in, in a town that was so largely settled by Italian immigrants, that we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't take that day. We take plenty of. I mean, I think we take Flag Day off for, mm-hmm. for crying out loud. No, not me. I'm working tomorrow. Well, I'm working tomorrow too. I'm in the business world. Mm-hmm. But there's no observation of it at all. It's been, like, stricken from our national Mm -hmm. history and treated as if it's some sort of national disgrace. And I just find that so wrong. Yeah. I agree. I I totally agree. Um, uh, I'm part Italian myself. I have Italian relatives, obviously. And I'm proud of my my Italian heritage as well. It's a a great heritage to be part of. And it's... Been a great part of this this country's moral mm-hmm. fiber in a good way. Yeah, everybody likes to glorify the bad of every culture. You know, I mean, everybody well, wants to talk about the Godfather. It was and a different. It was and, a different time. Yeah, I mean, when, let's go back. We're talking how many seven hundred, you know, six hundred years ago. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, five to six hundred years ago. Yeah, they didn't know they're they're coming into. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not defending or, or what have I mean, you. Indoor plumbing hadn't even been invented yet. Right. Think, I mean, let's put it in perspective. And, you know, it was a time where, you know, people going to explore and, you know, they put the big boats out and they do the different things. You know, you have these, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have these discoverers out out and about. And uh, and this happens that, you know, what happened happened. And, then, you know, it, it it is horrible, you know. Of course it is. It, you know, and I'm not, we're not downplaying that. Absolutely. The Europeans were just better organized, more well-funded warriors. Mm-hmm. And you know what the natives the natives that greeted Columbus mm-hmm. in his journal he he talked about how accommodating they were and how wonderful they were and he was the same way back to them. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to blame the Europeans for bringing their germs here as, as if you knew that that would be like my kid gets sick today and I'm going to blame the parents of the other kid because their kid was sick a couple of days earlier and they didn't know it. Right. I mean, right. It's 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 ridiculous. It's a ridiculous narrative. Yes, people got wiped out by mm-hmm. germs. People got wiped out by disease. They weren't. It wasn't germ warfare we weren't taking a germ bomb and blowing it up and and having this sinister Mm -hmm. view of hey let's let's kill all these people this was a time in history where if you didn't expand your lands as a country and find places to farm places to mine places to gather natural resources Mm -hmm. so that you could continue to further build up your armies and your navies you had to worry about being conquered by the nation next to you right and if you're england it would have you know it might have been france if it were scotland you already lost to england and you just gave up and became part of it and assimilated if it were if you're ireland well you know that was another story and the americas just became a furtherance of that right it's not how we do things now no absolutely it's not. not how we need to do things now correct but in that day and age if you didn't do that as a nation it was going to be done to you mm-hmm. and we have this horrible, horrible habit of judging historical figures by the morals and, and the circumstances of today. And it doesn't make what they did 
better. Mm-hmm. But it makes it understandable. You, you can't pass judgment in a vacuum. And that's, that's the bottom line. Well, it goes back to European traders coming over here. In 16, talk about the 16, let's talk about uh, uh, Plymouth Rock. Okay, right. you know, uh, 1600s, uh, was it the, the Wampanoag Indians yep. were the ones that sat down with them? With, yep. And, and, well, that was already before. Before that, uh, European traders were there. And they were good to one another. And, and then and, yeah. fur, further waves of traders came and they probably encountered and, other and, tribes and, that were barbaric to them and then automatically made mm-hmm. the assumption that they're all barbaric and the Wimpenog right. Indians did end up getting wiped out, not by the pilgrims, but by other by by other, uh, other, English, means, settle, it, other it, English settlers. Yeah, yeah, the, the traders and things as such. I mean, there there maybe 100,000 back then in 69 villages right. in, in that area. Right. And nowadays there's like maybe 4,000 of them. I don't want to take away from the fact that there were 10 million natives when no. Europeans first came here, and by the turn of the century, there was only a million. Mm. I, you know, I, I don't want to take away from that. No. I don't think that that was a good thing that happened, right. and I'm not insensitive. Right. But you cannot just turn around and use guilt and talk about how awful mm-hmm. the, the American people are today for creating this country that is now the most tolerant and the most benevolent nation on the planet. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't. Yes, sometimes we still have people that are intolerant of one another. But I would take it over anywhere else in the world. Yeah, I can't think of another place in the world where you're going to have more opportunity no matter what your gender, no matter what your skin color, no matter what your sexual preference, no matter mm-hmm. what your religion, no matter what your height. Look at me. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Five foot four, nobody gives a darn, right? I'm kidding. It's a tall paper. But I'm not. I always yeah. say it's the tall paper or the freaks of nature. Well, you, you, I mean, you ever see, I mean, every presidential <laughs> campaign, they evaluate, well, this guy is taller. All right. Yeah. They, yeah well. There are always going to be ways that people divide and, and, and sure. judge each other differently. There's no conversations anymore. There's no let's sit down, common sense. No, everybody it, needs It's just everybody. like, oh, well, we need to do this. Well, no, hang on. Hang on a second. Before we start tearing down statues, before we start, you know, yeah, mistakes have been made, you know, but- that, that whole thing too. I mean, I don't want to really get into that, into that uh, rabbit hole on, on certain uh, issues and, and things as such. But you know, I, I I go far as back as Ellis Island. So to come at me and tell you know say that it's your fault, you did this, you did. Well, hey, you know what? I, I wasn't here. You know, my my, you my ancestors weren't here. I wasn't here. Yeah, Matilda Lockhart wasn't here. Matilda. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go into some detail okay. on, and uh, you know. Here are some stories. These are real stories. These aren't stories that make you blame all Native Americans for what happened any more than you blame all of us for what happened. Right. And uh, this, this was an article that actually was in the Daily Mail a, a few years back by a guy named Jonathan Foreman. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to go mm-hmm. through it. Again, 262-694-1050. Do you think that Columbus Day should continue as a celebration of Italian-American culture uninterrupted and without guilt? Please call in and let us know. Here's, here's the article. The 16-year-old girl's once beautiful face was grotesque. She had been disfigured beyond all recognition in the 18 months she had been held captive by the Comanche Indians. Now she was being offered back to the Texan authorities by Indian chiefs as part of a peace negotiation. To gasp with horror from watching crowds, the Indians presented her at the council house in the ranching town of San Antonio in 1840, the year that Queen Victoria married Prince Albert. Her head 
arms and face were full of bruises and sores, wrote one witness, Mary Maverick, and her nose was actually burnt off to the Mm. bone. Both nostrils were wide open and denuded of flesh. Once handed over, Matilda Lockhart broke down as she described the horrors she endured. The rape, the relentless sexual humiliation, and the way Comanche women had tortured her with fire. It wasn't just her nose. Her Her thin body was hideously scarred all over with burns. When she mentioned she thought there were 15 other white captives at the Indians' camp, all of them being subjected to a similar fate, the Texan lawmakers and officials said they were detaining the Comanche chiefs while they rescued the others. I'm not going to go into the rest of the article. I did post this one also on my page. But that's an illustration of the fact that violence was just Mm -hmm. happening. That girl didn't do anything to deserve that. No. Just like a lot of these Native American children didn't do anything to deserve that. Correct. To say that we're going to deny a celebration of Christopher Columbus, Columbus Day, Columbus is discovering America, Italian-American heritage, because bad things happened, would mean that we would also have to say, well, we're going to deny any celebration of Native American history because they, they committed atrocities as well. And that's, that's a ridiculous statement mm-hmm. and one that, that just shouldn't be made. And we have to stop worrying about who did what to whom and instead start worrying, thinking about what lessons have we learned as a country that will make us stronger going forward because all of the torturers and torturees are dead. We're left. We're left with each other. And if we don't start looking out for each other, taking care of each other and figuring out how to make this a, a, a better country than it already is. And when I say it's the greatest country in the world, that doesn't mean there isn't room for improvement. There's a ton of room for improvement. What it means is that compared to anywhere else in the world, any other civilization in the world, we're doing a better job so far because humanity has this this element of evolving from animalism. We It's taken us millions of years to, to turn into what we are now, and we're going to continue to evolve as a species. And America has done the best job of that so far of any culture. Will there be another culture that comes along that does a better job? I don't know. But I know that this is where we are now and that we have great things we can do if we just stop. Stop. That's it. Just stop blaming, being angry, and trying to make things work. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to go to the bottom of the hour break here, so we're going to do that. And when we come back, we're going to take your calls, and then we are going to introduce our uh, musical guests slash panelists and uh, discuss this further back after this break. And we're back in the air. A little more Sammy Hagar on his birthday. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph, your host, Ralph Nudie, along with Jim Selovich here in the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Pleasant Prairie. Of course, if you want to watch us live, you can go to our 
YouTube channel. That's GetRealWithRalph.com or Facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. And we are talking about Columbus Day, 262-694-1050 if you want to weigh in on it. Uh, right now, as we speak, the Columbus Day dinner is going on at the Italian American Club, which has been a tradition there for many, many years. And uh, their guest of honor this year is Daniel J. Travanti. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Famed actor from mm-hmm. Kenosha, Wisconsin, most well known for playing the part of Captain Frank Ferrillo on Hill Street Blues. Mm-hmm. God, I remember this, watching Hill Street Blues as, oh yeah. as oh well, yeah. I was a kid. You weren't. You were probably working here already. Uh, I was in college. Yeah. In college. Yeah, pretty much. That was, was a good here. show. I was here, yeah. yeah. I was a big fan of Hill Street mm-hmm. Blues. My, um, I, I met him several, several times. My my grandfather was very close friends with his brother Angelo, who yeah. had Angelo's Barbershop. Sure, yeah. Uh, I know Angelo is, yeah. Not to sound like the WLIP historian and go into all the history of Angelo's Barbershop. Angelo's Barbershop. But, uh, you know, Big Ange, as I called him as a kid, was yeah. at every family wedding. I knew his cousins and, and family in north side of Kenosha and, you know, Trevanti with a Y. Yep. With a Y. Yep. Yep. Uh, they changed it to with a Y to escape persecution. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about that? Because people didn't treat Italian Americans mm-hmm. very well. So mm-hmm. when uh, Daniel went out there to uh, L.A. to start his acting career, it was an advantage to not have the the Italian spelling to the name back then. Mm-hmm. And he was also an accomplished football player. Did you know that? Yeah, he played very, very good ball he was back a, in the day. He was a really mm-hmm. good football player. Really, real good athlete. And, Great uh, stage actor, too, man. Lots about his TV stuff, but I tell you what, he's amazing on stage. He prefers the stage. Yes, he does. He says that. He, yep. he, he loves doing theatrical productions. Of course, he also played the part of uh, John Walsh, yeah. In the made-for-TV movie Adam, which was about the disappearance yeah. of, uh, Adam Walsh, yeah, yeah. of Adam Walsh. And it is what actually fueled John Walsh to mm-hmm. become famous doing you know, America's Most Wanted later yeah. on. So, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of roles that uh, Daniel played, those are two mm-hmm. of them that I can think of that made a difference. But I remember he'd come to town and, and visit the schools and, yeah. and, and talk about his career in acting. And mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get to the front of the line because I wanted to be an actor back then. And sure. you know, I knew that he knew my family and mm-hmm. uh, quite a guy. So he, he is the guest of honor this year at the Italian-Americans um, uh, Columbus Day dinner, which they have been doing for... Many years, yeah, I'm mean, actually just just you know to talk about because we're going to talk a little bit about Kenosha too. Is the Italian actors coming out of this town? Don Amici, yes, you know, played Alexander Graham Bell. You know, great. You know, Al Molinaro, God rest his soul. What a great man! I got to play the part of Big Al in my junior high school production of Happy Days. And Did I you was, really? Oh yeah, I had to put stuffing in my shirt and everything else. Yeah, and, Al, uh, Al he he's, he came to Kenosha a lot. He did. I remember seeing him at the old village inn one time. He's like, this in there? He's eating with family, you know, and it was just, uh, he really loved Kenosha. I got a, I got a quick story about, uh, about him because I got relatives in Los Angeles, okay? So my old Serbian grandmother was with my, my cousin, and they're in this uh, deli. And my cousin said, hey, Ma, Ma, it's, uh, that's Al Molinaro from, uh, from, uh, uh, from Happy Days, you know? Yeah, he's from Kenosha. And my mother, my grandmother, Bellows out, hey, hey, Kenosha boy, she yells out. <laughs> I bet he looked. Oh, he was so sweet to her. He came over and introduced himself. Oh, hi, how are you? You know, things and such. So it was, that's, my, that's my story. Yeah, and then, and of course, we have, uh, who else do we have uh, from, from Kenosha from back then? Um, there are a couple. Tommy, Holly Tommy. 
She, oh yeah, she wasn't. That's right. She wasn't nearly as right, right, a, a, but, as accomplished mm-hmm. as uh, well, Amici. As known, yeah. as known. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now, of course, Don Amici's cousin, Alan the Horse Amici, who I've uh, mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of speaking with uh, his 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 wife several times. Mm-hmm. Very I nice met, lady. I met him one time years she, ago. His wife sat directly behind my grandfather in mm-hmm. the now torn down Bain Elementary School. Yeah. And uh, you know all yeah. these all these oh, connections. J- J- Jeff Cesario. Funny guy. Oh my god. Funny guy. Funny Beautiful guy. guy. We did. A, I, I gotta get a hold of him. We gotta do another show at the roadie. That would we, be, we did a show together a couple of years ago. That would be a ton uh, of fun. Yeah, I'll have to, I usually have lunch with him when I'm out there. But uh, and of I, course now everybody's all about Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, right? And uh, the Hulk. And who, the Hulk. Who would ever, who would ever <laughs> thought when he was doing all those chick flicks that he'd end up landing that, the roles of the Hulk? Being the Hulk in the same year we had a Miss America too. Yeah, we did. We had a Hulk and a Miss America. America the same year. Now, so. my, my favorite role that Mark Ruffalo ever played that I've seen mm-hmm. so far, and it's an obscure movie. Okay. It's called The Last Castle with Robert Redford. Ooh, okay. That's a prison flick, right? It is a prison flick. Yeah. James Gandolfini, oh, yeah. Tony Soprano himself, plays the warden. Mm-hmm. And in the plot, the... Um, the main character, Robert Redford's character, is a uh, general who had been dishonored because uh, he decided to go in and try and save some Americans when he was ordered not to, mm-hmm. stripped of rank, sent to you know sent to prison, and uh, but he was th- one of the most decorated generals in history, and Gandolfini was jealous of him because this guy was so accomplished and he was the warden. And in the very beginning, there's something that you will notice that I would notice that a lot of people mm-hmm. won't, and that is Gandolfini is taking an album out and putting it on a turntable and getting ready to play this music right as the, as the movie starts, mm-hmm. and he's playing an album of Salieri. Okay. You know Salieri is? Salieri is the, the composer who was so jealous of Mozart, he killed him. Oh, okay. yes, yes, okay. Do you remember the movie yeah, Amadeus yeah, yeah, where yeah. they tell the story? Uh, yeah. And so to me, I automatically realized there's this foreshadowing thing going on mm-hmm. when, he, when, he, when he started spinning that Salieri mm-hmm. record. And, of course, I didn't even really know who Mark Ruffalo was, and he did such a fantastic yeah. acting job in that movie. And then probably my other favorite acting-wise is Foxcatcher, and I don't know if you've seen Foxcatcher. Uh, is that the wrestling one? It is. It yes, is about, yeah. it is about Dave Schultz, it is yeah. about the Schultz brothers and mm-hmm. the uh, murder that uh, happened at the hands of John DuPont, who mm-hmm. was really a deranged, sick oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, gosh, who's the guy from the office that plays him? It's at the tip of my tongue. the the main The main guy from the office. Oh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell plays yeah. John DuPont, and he does such a chilling job of playing this part. I'm telling you what, man. That uh, it's these range of these actors are unbelievable. Yeah, you you always see the most popular roles, but those aren't necessarily their favorite roles. Right. And uh, I, I could list actor after actor after mm-hmm. actor where I've seen movies that nobody else has seen where they've done a far better job than than, than their most popular movies. Billy Crystal's best movie, Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah. 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 Nobody's ever heard of it unless you're a Billy Crystal freak sure. almost. Right, right. But uh, you know, what a great one. So we got some things going on in Kenosha in the upcoming mm-hmm. weeks here. You got a big show coming up, buddy. We do, we do. Yeah, when the holidays come up. But first of all, we got vagina monologues. We had uh, Scott and Kim. We did. Uh, Scott Holloway and Kim Emer here last week talking about vagina monologues, and it opens up uh, October twenty fifth. Uh, so that should be a great show. It was only going for two weekends, uh, but it's going to be a wonderful show, and uh, definitely folks get out there and uh, and see it. Um, and then of course. Uh, you got uh, you got your radio play. The uh, we have kind of a play b- based on a radio play. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. My daughter is mm-hmm. playing. My my daughter's playing Susan, the main character on Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It's going nice. to be a great show, 
And it was a um, the whole premise of Miracle on 34th, the way we're doing it, is the Lux Theater did a radio play of the movie mm-hmm. with the actors from the movie right. when it was popular because back then there wasn't television. It was mm-hmm. either the silver screen or you listened to it on the radio. And so they all went to the Lux Theater, which was the, the premier place to do radio plays, mm-hmm. and we're recreating that day that they went to the Lux Theater. So the roadie is being transformed into the radio studio nice. with the big silver microphones mm-hmm. and the uh, you know the name of the radio station above. And we are playing the part of the actors coming into the radio studio and doing Miracle on 34th Street. So there's a sound table. It has the typewriter and the mm-hmm. bells and the, the little coconut sound and the hammer you, you hit know. it with for the sure. sound effects. Nice. And we scramble from microphone to microphone mm-hmm. playing the parts and then scramble from microphone to microphone to sing all the commercials that are done with that tight, that tight barbershop style. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, harmony. Mm-hmm. So we have like the Tupperware song for the you know the Tupperware jingle and and uh, we go you know, this this show is brought to you by Tupperware. By Tupperware. And we run over there and we, and we do that part. And um, there's an announcer who also plays the piano, kind of mm-hmm. keeps the whole thing moving along. And uh, we've only been in rehearsals for a week, right? And already I can see this is going to be a really fantastic cast. But my daughter was going to be the only child in the play. She got cast mm-hmm. in it, so I knew that we'd have to have somebody there. Sure. So I auditioned for the part of Fred Gailey. That's the attorney that proves mm-hmm. that that uh, this old man, sure. Chris Kringle, really is, in fact, Santa Claus. Uh, imagine that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got cast for that role, and my mm-hmm. daughter got cast for the role of Susan, so now I get to play her mother's love interest in fictional life as well as in real life. There so you are. There that, you, you are. Know, kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. and. Super looking forward to doing that, and every week we progress, we get a, a you know little bit better at it. I'm sure. You're sure, but it, it's complicated. And it's the first time that I've actually performed a a dramatic piece on stage in any way, shape, or form since mm-hmm. probably the mid 1990s oh. when I performed with a um, theater company in San Antonio uh, called Salt or San Antonio Little Theater, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think the last show I did there was either South Pacific or A Little Night Music. Have you ever seen Sondheim's A Little Night Music? Yes. Yes, I have, actually. Yeah. It's such a complex show. And yeah, when it is. done right, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually understudied the part of Henrik at the okay. time, which is funny because now I'd end up playing the part of probably the, the grandfather. The gra- I mean, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. S- such a wide such a wide variety mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Now, you have some shows coming up as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're in rehearsals for a Kringle the Musical, okay. part two. West of the Eye Side Story. It's a, <laughs> I don't West know if anybody the out there listening uh, we have gone to, uh, two years ago we did a show. It's original. Uh, you say musical, I'm using air quotes, musical. Um, we just parody songs and make up all this stuff. It's not about Chris Kringle whatsoever. Of so course. It's, it's not a Chris, it's about the actual. It's about Danish Kringle? Danish Kringle. All right. And uh, I'll be singing and dancing uh, and uh, playing a variety of different roles. Uh, and we're from a uh, West of the Eye milkmaid to uh, a, a, an Italian uh, henchman because you got the Kenosha cannolis. Oh, boy. So I cano- love that. The, the Kringle cano- versus cannolis. The cannolis, the, Kringle, the great Kringle, Kringle cannoli wars. <laughs> That, who, did, who wrote this? Uh, this Rich, sounds... Rich, Rich Smith, who was the uh, local guy. Yeah, Racine. He is the uh, artistic director. But of course, we all pitch in as far as, you know, because you kind of get it's more of a sketch type of show than an actual play. You know, every, every it's a little bit different here and there. So we're able to move some things around a little bit, whatever actor wants, you know, because I played this role before and I just would come out and do something different, but stay within what we're doing. 
just add add a little Jimmy into it. Sure. And then I, he will love it. Keep it. Let's do it. You know. So this time around, I you know I can basically within you know all of us can within within perimeters you know kind of ad lib a little bit, add a line, change a line a different way. So that is so much fun. Is that that's at the Sixth Street Theater, and we're opening on uh, November fifteenth. So it's going to be going for three weeks, three weekends, and. Uh, it's if anyone has been to the Sixth Street Theater, it's a little theater, folks. It's a little storefront, so it's very intimate, as we like to say, maybe seventy seats. You know what I'd like to do? I would like to buy some tickets for both shows mm-hmm. and start giving them away on, on, on this program over the next couple okay. of weeks. So I will, um, I will get some of ours, and if you let me know how to how to get some of those as well, I'd like to buy a couple of four packs yeah. of tickets and and give them away because. Well, yeah. So many people are looking for stuff to do, you know, mm-hmm. date night, whatever it happens sure. to be, and leaving town. And and I've been guilty of that many, mm-hmm. many times. Right. By the way, I am going out of town for date night this Saturday. Uh-huh. Going to see Seeger. Oh, nice. Good for you, man. Yeah. Seeger at the United Center on the floor, 13 rows from the stage. A short guy like you on the floor, buddy? Come on. I'm only 13 rows back. I'll be able to see it. Okay. All right. Gonna, I hope the best for you, brother. Take those old records be, off the be, shelf. Be, be, Being a short man myself. There's almost sometimes almost the worst seats to be is on the floor. I saw Fleetwood Mac on the floor at Bradley Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this tour that they're on now, but the uh, the tour before they refired Lindsey Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Which I I'm sorry, that's a mistake. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just some really deep wounds in that band. So there are, but that, it, that's know, what makes them so good. You know, but they got uh, 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 Mick Finn. Is his name Neil Finn? From uh, you know, uh, crowded house as their guitarist, as their, as guitarist, and yep. also uh, who's the other guy? Oh my god, he's great too. Oh, totally drawing a blank right now. John McPhee? No, John oh. McPhee's part of it. Christine McPhee's gonna be part of it, right? McFleet um, was still playing drums. Yeah, Stevie's I mean, still I'm touring with Google them it right now because it's gonna drive me nuts. It might come to me for Fleetwood uh, Mac. Hey, come on, this isn't happenings today. Concert. You can't just Google everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna go. Oh my God, that's right. It is Mike Campbell from uh, Tom okay. Petty. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike Campbell's playing with. So that should be great. It's yeah. It's gonna be great. I mean, it yes, is gonna be yes. Good, Lindsay's but... not, and when I saw them years ago, Lindsay wasn't with them either. Yeah. Long time ago. I'm so. glad I got to see that lineup at least once. The, yeah. The, yeah, the, the lineup that really that. made yeah. them famous. Right. And you know the whole Fleetwood Mac story, how they started off as an English. A blues band, and then walked mm-hmm. into that young, uh, fiery couple, which is what they were. Yeah, you know, in and of itself, it's a miracle that that band ever even happened. Oh my god! You it know, it was just a you know the first album was amazing, and then that second album, Rumors, all besides you know the breakups. You yep. know, and, and the only song I really hate in those in that whole uh, era is Tusk. Yeah, that was yeah, it that just was 1980. Ir- yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was their third album. You know, and I guess now it's kind of cool because USC plays it, right? But right. as a song to listen to on the radio or or whatever, it's, I think it, that it's was just a, not. That was a lot of Lindsay there because if you ever listen to some of Lindsay's solo stuff, it's a little bit different. I would say Lindsay is probably one of the five most underrated oh, yeah. rock guitarists of all time. No doubt about it. Yeah, he's right up there with Prince for being on. Un- Prince is no longer underrated now that he's dead. But when Prince was alive, oh nobody God. really recognized Prince for what an amazing the guitarist he was. The Hall of Fame thing he did. Yeah. Oh, just you know, they they recognize him for being a singer and a dancer and well, and, and everything else, but they well, never really if, gave if, credit. If, yeah, unless you know the true blue Prince fans. 
you know, they kind of, you know, musicians and, and things as such. Obviously, yeah, he was uh, this unbelievable. No one could play the guitar like Prince. No, no. Even no. Uh, Eric, they asked Eric Clapton what it's like to be the greatest guitarist in the world. He said, I don't know, go ask Prince, yeah. which I thought was a really, really funny quote that's been attributed to Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of musicians, we are going to have the Flannels in, which is uh, one of the variations mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Dan and Amy Christian. They, they have a couple of, yeah, yeah they got a couple, couple, couple of different bands. This was their cover band, so they're, you know, they're going to play some, some covers in here mm-hmm. today. Uh, so we're excited to have them in after mm-hmm. the uh, top of the hour break. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we go to it, I think we've got a little time to talk about those Green Bay Packers because they're going to be playing tomorrow night. We've got two minutes. Well, that's enough time to talk about Lions and Packers Lions and, and Bears. Pa- oh, my. Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen tomorrow night, folks. Uh, and, and, and Cowboys lost again today. They did. They lost. They did. So this is looking like a wide open the Jets, NFC. The Jets beat them. I know. Uh, the winless Jets. The winless Jets. They were 0-4. Yeah, anytime a winless team beats the Cowboys, it tickles my insides. Oh, yeah, just, you know, and I on Jerry just, Jones's birthday, too. Oh, happy birthday, hey. Jerry. <laughs> I don't really care. I hope he doesn't have too many more left in him. He's such a... Uh, um, yeah. He's just I such a wish any, any, Yeah, ill will on anyone, but... I he, don't mean he, it that he's, way, he's, but. he's one I would. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If he sells the Cowboys, then I'll then I'll reevaluate. I, I, I don't think it'll ever happen. That's why there's Thursday night football, you know, because of Jerry Jones. Because Jerry Jones. Yeah, and I honestly I think football when, was better when, when it was Sunday and Monday night. NFL and that's ne- it. NFL Network. Yeah, it's all a bunch of old cowboys as commentators. It, it's all about the money. No, it's not even it's, about the it's, game. It's horrible. You know, growing up, football was Sunday. And then you had that one special game a week that you. Well, we're talking about the Packers. We are talking about the Packers, and they are the special team featured on Monday night. Yep. And uh, how do you think they're going to do against the Lions? I think we're going to cream them. All right. After the break, two six two six nine four ten fifty. If you want to weigh on the Columbus Day thing, this is AM ten fifty WLIP. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph. And we're back here in the studios at AM 1050 WLIP. Hey, guys, it's Sammy Hagar's birthday, so we're uh, using Sammy for bumper music in and out. I have in the studio with me the flannels, and that is um, Amy Crucianelli and uh, Dan, right? Dan, Fred, Johnson. Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson, not Don Johnson, not Dan Johnson, Fred Johnson. And, of course, we got Danny Crucianelli here doing some backup. Don well. Johnson? Don what, Johnson. What decade are you in? Well, I mean, you want to play some Jan Hammer, and we'll like get down to it. I'll get the gold chains out and unbutton my shirt. Sunny, yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Sunny, right. you want okay. to be Tubbs? <laughs> say, say, just because he's a man of color, he's Tubbs. Is that what you're saying? He's the only one. Yeah, he's the only one that fits the stereotype. Right. I mean, what are we gonna do? All right. Uh, so we got the flannels in here, and uh, they're gonna be jamming out some music. And uh, so you guys, this band that you're in, and I know you guys play a couple. Of this is this is your cover band that you do, correct? You got to get really, really close to that mic in order to talk. Yes, so, yes. Hey, like yeah, even closer. Bring, like, let's, let's, you got to like almost make out down with it. to like to your face. Pretend you're pretend it's a chick and you're making out with it. <laughs> but don't, but don't do it. But don't, yeah, just don't. No tongue though, okay. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about the flannels. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's our cover band. We play mostly like '90s, like early '90s grunge, alternative kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, we've been doing it for a couple of years. I mean, I don't really know quite what else to say about it, but it's really all there is. All right, all right. Well, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna throw us a couple of covers today, right? Sure are. All right. What do we what are we starting with? All right. The first one we're gonna play is a Pearl Jam song called "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter." Oh, I love that song. I do too. I do too. You know, when you play covers, it's a lot harder because people have something to compare it to. But this is going to be fun. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll All, see. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let her rip, ladies and gentlemen. The flannel. Sound like the flannel. <laughs> Singular. 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 No, the flannel. All right. Oh, All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Take two.
right, all right. Got right the battle axe going in there. Fantastic. That's one of my favorites. It is. Uh, uh, you know, and I used to say, you know, people say, hey, Jimmy, you haven't changed a bit. And I always say, I, you know, w- what's the line? I, I change by not changing at all. You know, I, I just love that uh, that line. It it is really it's classic. It, yes, it's what happens. Life changes around you, so you, you, you I don't ch- change. Your change is relative. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I look at it. Boy, we're getting yeah. deep here now. We're, get, aren't we're we? getting deep. It's funny that he's such a great lyric writer, and half the time you can't understand him. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know that is the irony. Is you know you have a dude that writes really good lyrics, and and you you, you don't you don't know a word he said because it sounds like he's got a mouthful of mush. But yeah, let's take a, let's, we're gonna take we're a great. we're gonna take a quick break. Yep, yep. We're gonna go to the quick break, and we'll be back right after. And we're back here in the studios of AM 1050 WLIP Kenosha. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph. There are multiple ways you can tune in. If you're in the listening area and want to listen to us on the radio and you still have an AM radio, that's AM 1050 WLIP. You can watch us live on our YouTube channel at GetRealWithRalph.com. You can tune in to us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. Or you can use the iHeartRadio app or WLIP.com. So lots of ways to tune in. And after the fact, anywhere where you listen to a podcast, if you just look for Get Real with Ralph, we have almost 30 episodes out there now. So uh, it's uh, going strong. And uh, Jim and I were just talking during the beginning of the first segment. We're almost six months into this already. Holy cow. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It sure is. And uh, so I know not feeling like such a rookie anymore. First time I did this, I just remember my blood pressure. He was a mess. Oh, my. He was an absolute mess. My stomach was in my throat. I had to throw a bucket, a bucket of cold water at him. He missed, thank God. <laughs> so uh, we have in with us the flannels. That's Z, what the Z, 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 flannels. Z. That's right. And uh, they are a, a group of musicians that all play in other bands. And uh, this is their, their little cover band uh, variation of what they do. And uh, it looks like today they're being, uh, they're being <laughs> grunge happy, so, uh, which is like but, kind of an oxymoron, was, uh, grunge and happy. But. I, I, I got a question. What, uh, uh, what, what's your process of picking the songs? There are so many great songs from that era. Well, usually we You can we step up to the microphone, Danny. We pick a few, we yell at each other for a little while <laughs> until we decide on one, and then we learn a totally different one. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> that is, is that, a great is that, process. Is, is that true, Ron? Ron, is that true? Is that his name, John? What's your name? Sir? Fred. 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 Yeah. Fred. Is that true, Fred? That's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> Amy? Amy, would you say yes? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> a- a- Amy's just fighting to get a Foo Fighter song in there, I'm sure. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to do next. Ah, How could I have yeah. possibly what? guessed that? You're you know, psycho. I psychic. haven't. I haven't spent any time around you at all, Amy Crucianelli, have I? Yeah. Amy was uh, very instrumental in helping us organize and put together our first Songs of Freedom Music Festival, which was um, it was a success. We were able yeah. to raise just about five thousand dollars for. Operation Underground Railroad. That's and, pretty uh, incredible for a first round. For a first round mm-hmm. and for the the weather mm-hmm. and the fact Six, that our attendance was a lot lower than we had anticipated, that was a really good Six number. Six weeks of planning is like really kind of unheard of for an yeah. event that size. It is. Yeah. It, it is. I don't know anybody else as crazy 
as I am to pull off six weeks of planning and then as crazy as you to go, okay, Ralph, I'll help you with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you have my undying appreciation for doing that. That's for darn sure. I enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, we're looking forward to next year, and uh, we'll have dates by probably the end of next week. I'm uh, bouncing a couple of dates around, so this should be fun. But now that we've organized as a separate nonprofit, we can go and uh, – just go all out on it. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it should be good. So what Foo Fighters song are you going to throw at us? Uh, we're going to do Big Me. Big Me. So you're not going to do a cover of a cover by doing so Baker Street? The little little <laughs> cover band, as you call them, are going to sing Big Me. <laughs> little cover band playing Big Me. Here we go. It's the flannels, which it, obviously the play on words because everybody wore flannel in the ground. It, that took me a while to figure it out. All of a sudden I'm like thinking aloud here on radio and people are realizing – Everybody else probably realized it before me, and I'm the host of the show. Boy, that's pretty. Anyway, the flannels. It was the spelling that threw you off. It was was the capital Z that I thought Amy put on that. Apparently it was a typo. So when you see me put the flannels on my my Facebook with the capital Z, that's just uh, me following Amy's lead with her uh, texting abilities there. Yeah, it works. You got fat thumbs, apparently. I I do. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Terrible Thank you. Thank you. I'm late to the party, but let's go. It's the flannels. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons only new. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons all renew. Beg me to talk about it, I could stand to prove. If we can get around it, I know that it's true. When I talk about it, Carries on, reasons only new, but it's you I fell into. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons only new. When I talk about it, carries on, reasons all new. Beg me to talk about it. I know that's true If we get around it I know that's true Well, I talked about it Put it on Never was it true But it's you I fell into Well, I talked about it Carries on Never was it true but it's you I fell into I fell into I fell into I, I want a Mentos now. I don't know. I need I need me I need me a Mentos. A Mentos. Futos. A Futos. That's right. Futos. That's what it was. Futos. Futos. Another thing that we want to bring up really quick is the flannels are going to be playing at Friday Ween, which is an annual event at the Broad Stop. It takes place the last Friday of every October of every mm-hmm. year. This year, that's October 25th. Um, I'm one of the stage managers. Matt Myers, another stage manager. Cole Ford. Mm-hmm. And. I can't remember the other guy's name right now. Oh. Terrible. Dang. Anyways, five stages. There's like 50 bands. It's going to be a great time. 
That's always fun. How many? Like fifty. There's like, five stages. There's five stages. Or I thought you said five. I saw. I heard five and fifty. I was. It might be closer to forty. Actually, blown there's like away. Five, four four stages. Well, it's like Swimfest he does every year too. Yeah. Yeah. Only yeah. Instead of instead of Friday and Saturday, it's just Friday. There's just a, just one night. Yeah. There's a costume contest. Uh, lots of vendors. Um, actually, me. I'm going to be set up as a vendor for both my cleaning company, Coming Up Roses, ah. and uh, split that with mm. the real estate stuff. Sure. Good stuff, good stuff, Thank and that you, is man. Friday Ween, and that is again. Re, uh, repeat the location. Uh, the Broad Stop. The Broad Stop. Broad October Stop. October twenty fifth. Uh, you can buy tickets from any of the bands that are playing at the event. Um, you have a list of bands on your site or anything, or uh, we're updating it day by day, like we're announcing it slowly. Uh, gotcha, you know? gotcha, uh, gotcha. But all of those bands you can get the tickets for ten dollars. Otherwise, it's fifteen dollars at the door. So save save five bucks. Buy from the bands. That way the bands are, are making the money as well. Cool. That is how they get paid is with their ticket sales. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. What time does that start? Uh, starts at 8 p.m. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess they do have five stages, don't they? Yeah. Uh, beer Garden, Bristol Room. No, it's four stages. I'm four, sorry. Yeah. yeah, because we don't do the Wisconsin Room anymore. Now that's just straight vendors. There's probably, probably 50 vendors that are there selling okay. various kinds of goods. Now, the Wisconsin room, that's right off the main room, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's the in-between. Yeah. That's a good place to put all the vendors in there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's vendors in kind of in, in almost every area, but mm-hmm. um, that's the best room for them, right. yeah. October 25th. Uh, so you guys played last night. Yep. I know we talked a little bit about it off mic, and uh, Danny doesn't really remember too much about last night. Well, well so. I don't know, man. You know, I have uh, a very vivid memory. Okay, of well, last night. well, yeah. Um, well, tell us about it. It was a good time. Okay. And uh, Danny decided to make too much noise and be obnoxious until super early in the morning. Danny doesn't do that. I was playing guitar. He was. Okay. I don't remember that. You're playing guitar. <laughs> Melting faces. Yeah, what? apparently. Yeah, three thirds. Th- hey, hey, you can you can, you, can, you can you can improvise and play guitar anytime, man. That's 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 cool. That's I had to uh, get up early. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to goad him into it now. Like you can play guitar anytime, Dad. <laughs> da- Danny. 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 Well, yeah, but but you know, that that's the cool thing about. Get reels. So we just like we just like play it as we go. We just along. we just there's no script. Let, let's brush up on your. Uh, let, let's see who knows their their musicians and sing us how it's uh, Sammy Hagar's birthday. We're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna do some Sammy Hagar trivia here. What was the 1970s heavy metal band that Sammy got his start in? Heavy metal. Sammy Hagar and heavy metal. It doesn't even sound right. I, you, ever, that movie. you ever heard the heavy song metal. Heavy Metal? <laughs> 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 It was that one band with the uh, musicians in it. Oh, yeah, good one. The one band with the musicians in it. I think they had big and by the way, if you're at home and you're listening you want to call in and you have an answer, that's fine, too. 262-694-1050. We're still waiting to see if anybody wants we're, to weigh we're, in on Columbus. That, that band, we heard a little bit of the music from tonight. We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember which one now. All right. Any guesses? Anybody? We got musicians here. It's, it's a one-name band. One-name band. It's also the name of a highway in Chicago. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Starts with an it's a, M. It's, it's a one-name band named after the founder of the band. There we go. The founder was a guitarist, and his first name was Ronnie. Getting any closer yet? 
That's before all their times, too. Montrose. 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 Oh. I would have never guessed. Yeah, all right. No, no, nope. Sammy's father <laughs> was technically a professional athlete. Yes, he was. What sport? Soccer. <laughs> soccer. Nope, nope. It was a little more hard-hitting than soccer. Boxing. There we go. Yeah, all, all right. right. Yeah, I made that one pretty easy. <laughs> all right. His backing band was comprised mainly of the musicians from the band Montrose. But um, when they went to the Sammy Hagar band, who did they add as their guitarist? This is... Yeah. I didn't know I was supposed to brush up on my Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's the Red Rocker's birthday. You know, It's I mean, a pop quiz. Yeah, it's just a pop quiz. It's also National M&M Day. All right. <laughs> what town in Mexico did Sammy Hagar move to after he left Van Halen? Cabo Wabo. Well, it's the real name of the town, though. Oh, Cabo tequila? San Lucas? Cabo San, San Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. And I'll bet you know the name of his tequila, too, then, don't yeah, you? That's Cabo Wabo. There yeah, we go. That's, that's right. There's that's a sleepy town I south of the border. You go there once, you've been there twice. That's probably one of my favorite Sammy Hagar lyrics. All right. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. Where do you go to high school? question you didn't same place uh, i know <laughs> I, I know i know same place that johnny cash shot a man oh are you reno? sure are you sure reno he shot a man in reno That's right. he went to yep. school in reno he went to high school in <laughs> reno high in reno nevada oh okay i know he lived in salinas <laughs> he also ben considers Fontana. himself a gourmet chef and has cooked for celebrity chefs such as emeril lagasse and mario bataille Damn. can you believe that what month and day was sammy born anyone uh, wow. October 13th. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. A little more uh, Sammy Hagar as we go into the uh, bottom of the hour break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll fill you in on some of the yeah. ups and comings in the local 262 area. So what, what am I doing? Aren't we, don't we have a bottom of the hour break? Yes, we do. Oh, that's let's, what I was Let's trying. go. I was trying to lead us into it. Oh. See, I was it's trying to make it easy on you. Sometimes when I try to make things easy on Jim, I complicate things further. It doesn't, doesn't take much. hot now aren't we are we hot we're hot baby keep it playing though keep it playing we're hot with a little sammy hagar here montrose a little montrose god they were Amazing. i can't believe they called them heavy metal they was this is just rock and roll to me 
I forgot about this song. Uh-huh. Don't you love when you rediscover something you forgot about for like 20 years? They did the uh, Tribute Island uh, this past summer, and they had this Montrose cover band. They did? Amazing. Not as, you know, nobody can sing like Sammy. Right. But the guy did a pretty good job, and he had a really good guitarist in there as well. Yep. You know what? We've got a phone call. Oh, we do. We do. Well, let's... All right. Let me know when I'm hot. You're, hot. You're on Get Real with Ralph. Who am I talking to? Hello? Name, name in town. Who am I talking to? You're on Get Real with Ralph. Oh, kick him loose. It's, no, it's, it's, a, it's a bad call. Let's listen to more Sammy. Hey, if you call it on purpose, call again. If you butt-dialed me, butt out. Nice. You know, I always wanted to do a show where we just like, you know, I mean, nowadays on YouTube, people watch people play Minecraft. Why not just have a whole show where you just listen to us, listen to some vinyl and talk about it? Oh, my it? God. I'd love that. I could do that all night. Does radio station even have any vinyl in it anymore? I've got some turntables over here. Uh, this doesn't suck. Testies. Testies. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, everybody. Happy birthday, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, 72 years old today. You know what? I am buying you a shot of cobble tonight. Oh, I'm not drinking it. Oh, come on. Well, then I'll, I'll buy it for you, and then I'll drink it for you. I got school in the morning. You're still coming out with me for a shot of cobble. No, I'm not. Come on. Sammy's birthday. It's too bad everybody's listening on AM radio doesn't get to hear that in full I'm stereo. I'm telling you what. Oh, that that does, just makes me wish that I had an FM If show. that doesn't melt your face. It does. Oh, in every God. good way possible. And Ooh. just reminds me of a better time. I tell you what, uh, with Sammy, he's uh, he just reaches so many decades of music. So many different bands, and everything is awesome. You know, I named my second son Sam. I don't think I necessarily named him after Sammy Hagar, but we called him Sammy. And uh, I'd always think about it. I would call him Sammy Hagar kind of as a funny nickname, especially because he was a colicky baby, and he'd scream and scream and scream and scream and scream. And I just called him Sammy Sammy Hagar. That was my my nickname for him because he had a set of lungs on him. Does he have red hair? No. Is he a red rocker? No, no, he's not. Oh, he didn't have red hair anyways. They call him a red rocker because he always wore red. Really? Yeah. I thought it was because of his yeah. hair color. I mean, I thought and, he had and, strawberry blonde hair, and it was just kind of. And thing. you know, he is Italian. I did know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the great ones are. <laughs> you ever notice that? You know, the funny thing about this one is how many people don't even realize because they were born after the national speed limit went away. Yeah, fifty-five miles an hour. But I remember that being a thing as a kid going on vacation. Can you imagine being in a in a woody, in the wood-sided Jeep Wagoneer 
driving all the way down to Florida, mm-hmm. and your dad has to only drive 55. That was a long drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, I mean, it was a long drive as it is, and I go about 85 going down there with my kids. I can't even imagine having to go 50. I, I tell you what, I would have went on strike. There's no way to drove my kids on vacation. That's like an extra five hours I'd added to the drive. Yeah, if you're driving 55, you're driving way too slow nowadays on the freeway or on the highways. Yeah. You know, the freeways around here are really, I, I cannot believe the mess they've made. I feel like it's the big dig outside of Kenosha lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't drive 55 there either because you can't get up to 55 with all the traffic. Right. It's just a, just a mess. And then to think that they don't even bother to put trucks right lane only or something. And you know, people are dying at 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I did, you know, I playing this off YouTube too. You know, I'm just watching the video, which is oh, ab- you're cheating. It's absolutely 80s, man. It was. Uh, and Sammy's so young looking in this one too. Well, he had to be close to 40. <laughs> yeah, and looking back, I had no idea he was that old. I thought he was just some cool dude about 10 years older than me. When I, when you told me today he was 73, I 70, yeah I, yeah I could not believe that. It's kind of crazy, man. 72 years old today. That's Sammy, though, man. I mean, you know, they always ask him when he became, you know, when Van Halen came calling, and he was he was said he was asked, "How does it feel like to play to be, to you know, to be a rock star in the biggest band?" And he goes, "Dude, I'm already a rock star. I've been selling out stadiums already. All right, man. Just before I, yeah. I you know, before you get a little you, too carried away, he didn't pull any punches. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. Like, I'm already a rock star, man." And like I said at the beginning of the, the 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 top segment, when they came out, when they came out, both guns blasting with fifty one fifty, yeah, they they changed, they changed the entire direction uh, of not only Van Halen but I would say rock music right then and there. You know, it, there there was something about that album. I remember that because I was on I was in Spring Break, nineteen eighty six, Daytona Beach, and watching MTV. All of a sudden, or listen to radio, and then uh, "Why Can't This Be Love" came on. Oh man, I was—I'm getting chills right now. I'm going to play it. Well, we got to, we got to. I mean, that that album there was—if you turned 16 that year, then you knew that. Uh, that that I turned 16 when that came out, and I remember driving around town to summer nights with uh, with with my here, cousin. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The top down. Oh, there it is too. It's the Lip Sync Special Edition of Get Real with I'm telling you, when I heard this song for the first time, 
So tell me why it just, it just, it was just amazing, amazing. And you got the hardcore Van Halen fans. Yeah, not to take away from all of the amazing things they did with Diamond Dave. To me, they're just two different bands that right. had four of the same, three of the same members. Yeah, they really were. And uh, of course, then they went through that horrendous Gary Sharon era. <laughs> And then after Gary, there was another guy that was almost a Van Halen member and quit. I can't remember, but I read a story about that. There's guy. a lot of talk of who was going to be the next lead singer of Van Halen when Dave was when Dave left. Right. I know Patty Smythe's name came up. It did. Yeah. From Warrior, or the same the War, I am the War from yeah. Scandal. Yeah. And that would have been interesting too. That but would have been very interesting. But nowhere near as interesting. Would not as this. have been called Van Halen. And how would you sing those songs too? But. Yeah, and they didn't do a lot of they didn't do a lot of Sammy Hagar songs when they toured with Sammy with Van Halen. They would do maybe like two or three because I remember going Dave's, to see them yeah. of of no the Sammy songs and they do with, with Dave. No, no, when Van Halen toured with Sammy, they'd right. only do two or three of the Sammy solo songs. The Sammys, oh, the, right, the solo you know, like, ones. like I can't yeah, drive yeah, 55, fifty-five, and then they would do maybe two or three David Lee Roth songs mm-hmm. at the most. Almost everything they did was the new material that right. they did together, right. and they they filled an entire two-hour concert. Sure, you know, maybe the fifty-one fifty tour they had to do a little more, but by the time they got to OE eight one two or. Um, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Oh, that's my favorite album t- <laughs> title ever. It's the only way you get to say the F word on the radio, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. <laughs> By the time they got to that, they had so much material and so much of a following of the new stuff that they just kind of abandoned yeah, yeah. all of the old music. So it was nice to see them kind of pull David Lee Roth back into the fold until I heard them perform on The Tonight Show and realized they were just terrible now. You know, there's one song, you mentioned OU812, yep. uh, that I really liked. And it's not going to be one. It's love. I'm sure it's going to be something that's more obscure. Finish what you started. Now, when this song came out, it's so bluesy. I think it's probably one of the finest ones ahead. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Please. We've all been there. Please, baby. Just finish what you started. I never beg. I'm married. I still beg. It's because you're married. You know, this ama- this this song here was just absolutely crazy. I can hear Dave singing this song though. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? With this his with totally his different Dave style. Oh, if you want to see other guys, I yeah. can totally see Dave doing it in a a different kind of cockiness with his big long oh, hair. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 Something about Sean Penn and David Lee Roth are permanently interlinked in my mind because of the character Spicoli from Fast Times at Richmond High. <laughs> and in the end, they talk about how Spicoli blew the money he won by hiring Van Halen to play his birthday party. Do you remember that? Uh, who did he save? He saved, uh, was it Brooke Shields from drowning? or Yeah, I think that's who it something was. Something like that. And they, he spent the reward money having Van Halen play his uh, <laughs> play a party. <laughs> All of a sudden, this big wave came up, and I was like, hey, bud, what's your problem? No, no. Hey, bud, let's party. That's what it was. Hey, bud. Classic. That was probably Sean Penn's smartest moment. You know. That ain't saying much. Yeah. That was before he went to uh, communist countries all over the world and rubbed elbows with communist dictators and started telling Amer- lecturing America about how much better those countries were. That's when I lost all respect yeah. for Sean Penn. Not, not that his humanity runs were helping people in Haiti. 
or you know people who were earthquake victims uh always the first on the scene doing things right new orleans he was there oh yeah well all right so he redeemed yin and yang back. i mean you know hey people people you know his great seriously his greatest acting performance though mystic river oh yeah when he starts screaming is oh, that, is that my, my daughter? daughter oh my god dude you're on it. You're on. It. Is that my yeah, daughter? Yeah, that, that and he like falls to his. That's probably. Yeah. Th- that really is. I listen to interview the with climax him of his acting and, career. You know, and he he puts he gives everything he does in every role he does. He does. He does. He he, he is. He, so what if he's he, a kook? He, well, they're all kooks. They're all kooks, man. I mean, well, you know, that's Hollywood. We, we had. You know. Think about this. You you become wealthy. And famous and in a bubble where you've become wealthy and famous because of how eccentric you are. And so, therefore, you become more eccentric. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. And then it finally hits the bottom and breaks into a million pieces. Speaking of uh, speaking of which, this is a really, really awful segue. I don't even mean to make it the segue, but I was at the Fireside Theater in Fort Atkinson this week. You were? Let's and bring, let's bring him down here. we saw the Buddy Holly story. Okay. It, the name of the play is Buddy. Okay. And if you if you want a night out, that's not too far away. It's an hour and a half. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Fort Atkinson. Yeah, Fort Atkinson. You, you, have you ever been there? They have the theater I, in the round. You know what? Being a theater guy and everything, I've never been there. So it is one of the coolest theater in the rounds. Have you ever been to the Marriott Lincolnshire? No. Oh, wow. I, I, I know, dude. I'm not, you know, from a person who's been in a lot of plays and done a lot of stage I work. I thought you got out a lot, man. I haven't, I haven't been. To, I don't go to a lot of plays. Well, it's a, it's a theater in the round, but it's a, it's, it's a very tight round theater where you have all four sides, have a really good view mm-hmm. of this little square stage, and it has a round carousel that drops down so they can load the props onto it, and it pops back up. And they told the entire Buddy Holly story from the time he was in a band with his two friends on a little local station in Texas where he was getting in trouble for not playing country all the way to the day the music died. It goes all the way to that final concert. So they have a guy that plays Richie Valens. They have a guy that plays the Big Bopper. And um, I was probably, besides my business partner, Ben, who's 10 years younger than me, I was probably the youngest guy in the room, I will say Mm. that. Okay. Uh, But it was a really good show. As a matter of fact, I saw some people that were in their 70s just mesmerized watching Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. And I imagine this this kid really kind of captured the essence of Buddy Holly because I, I looked down and I saw that. I mean, I loved it, but I saw they were completely captivated. And I suppose if you were if you grew up in that era and now you get to hear your music and see a guy kind of played out, it was really good. But they, they, they did the entire story. I, there's a lot I did not know about Buddy Holly. Did you know that he was the first white person to play the Apollo? You know, I think I heard that somewhere Did you know before. that, Ray? And uh, because it was Buddy Holly and the Crickets, the people that ran the Apollo just assumed that they were black. Hmm. So they show up, and they're getting, like, thrown out of their way. Hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And he said, we're the Crickets. And they're like, you're the Crickets? Bah! They all start laughing and, and like, ripping on me. And then they're like, no, really, we're the Crickets. And then Buddy Holly walks in, and uh, he says, I'm Buddy Holly. And they start laughing, and then they find out he really is Buddy Holly. And mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you can't go out there. Let's that They'll gonna, kill you. They're going to kill you. And so his bandmates start getting all freaked out about sure. it. And he goes out there and he knocks them dead. Mm-hmm. You know, just completely. Was that was that in the movie? I I had watched a Buddy Holly story. Yeah. I have not watched that in probably yeah. 20 years. Yeah. But I imagine that the musical is very similar to, to the movie. But uh, 
you know, all the all the racism that he encountered when mm-hmm. he when he married his wife because she was she, she was Mexican American yeah. and that was, you know, you know, mm-hmm. even his own family gave him a hard time about that and his bandmates and I I guess I just didn't realize because you just hear the music, you know, how much he went up against just to, mm-hmm. to just to rock the boat by playing rock and roll. Yeah. Even. Yeah. And uh it it's, was it's, yeah. It's it's quite the story. And I mean and it was the day the music died. I think it was an end of an era of rock and roll. Oh, those are three. Those yeah. are three of the biggest names. Exactly at the at the time. At the time, in, right? In, in music. I mean, you know, besides Everly Brothers and some other band, you know, Elvis obviously things as such. But after that plane crash, Elvis what goes into the service, right? You know, a lot of things, and then all of a sudden you got Frankie Avalon coming out, and you got you know Fabian, and you got all this bubblegum type of you know, Paul Anka and all this type of stuff kind of kind of calm things down a little bit, you know, on the charts and popular music until the British invasion, basically. Which, speaking of the British invasion, I'm not sure if you told me about this or not, but I watched the movie yesterday. Oh, last you, no, night, you didn't tell me. Which is about this, um, this uh, British, the, this Indian Brit mm-hmm. who is uh, trying to make it as a uh, songwriter and he can't, you know, he can't write a tune to save his life that people like. And all of a sudden, all the power goes out in the entire world. He gets hit by a bus, wakes up, and the world had never heard of the Beatles. Oh, my God. And he's struggling to remember the songs so he can write them and introduce them to the world. And he writes all the Beatles songs okay. from memory within like you know a, a one okay. or two years. Don't say span. too much now. No, that, that that's the premise. That's the premise. And so it is this guy who gets famous by writing Beatles songs. Nice. And uh, it's called Yesterday. And uh, it, it's it's a new. It's off the theaters, and mm-hmm. it's a new release on yeah. Amazon. You have to rent it if you're going to watch it on Amazon. It's on, out on DVD. But definitely was was worth I, I love music documentaries. Mm-hmm. I love music biographies. This was music fiction. Sure. But it was all just the stuff that, that I, I love. I'm definitely going to watch it. And uh, just really, really funny. I mean, imagine taking all the Beatles music and somehow turning it into a weird romantic mm-hmm. comedy that mm-hmm. guys like, too. Right, it's like, as uh, as Butthead would say, uh, there's something in it for everyone. That's awesome. <laughs> My wife liked it. It was a chick flick for her. I liked it. It was like a Beatles flick for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. I have yesterday. to watch that. Speaking of shows, not to get off the music uh, course, but uh, were you a big fan of Breaking Bad when it was on? Loved it. And there's have a new you Breaking saw, Bad have you movie. Seen, have you seen El Camino yet? I just watched that. Uh, maybe two or three nights ago. Yeah, me too. Wow. And I realized how much uh, the actor that plays Jesse Pinkman has mm. aged, and they really had bit. to. Yeah. They, they had to really work on that a little bit. Well, same face thing with Todd. Same yeah. thing with Todd. Jesse Plemons is, you know. Yeah. You know, filled out a little bit. They they filled out a little bit. Yeah. But, the, but they did a good but job. Je- of but Jesse it. Plemons, though, I'm telling you what, playing that psychopath. You know, just amazing. You think they left that up in the air for another another uh, follow up story? Or? I, I want I, I want a Skinny Pete Badger show. Is what I want. Skinny Pete and Badger. Don't you think that would be a great show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you a Better Call Saul fan? Oh, big time, big time. See, there's so many good things on. You know, I have. You know, none of us have time to watch them all. I probably watched like five or six episodes of Better mm-hmm. Call Saul, and then I had to call it quits just because. Yeah. You should. You should just watch it because uh, it's on Netflix, I think, or. I'll have to like or bin- Prime. It's on one of those. I'll have to like binge it's that. On, like it's when on I'm a stream- on a vacation from. Yeah, because from- they're, they're coming back. They had such a long hiatus, though. They've been off the air for almost a year and a half. Yeah, the other- and, and sometimes you're going to lose 
uh, watchers, viewers. Well, there's a lot of shows that did that, that lost viewers because they would just take weird breaks between seasons. A lot of times it's different actors uh, doing other things. Yeah. Or they're contracted to do a movie or, or what have you. And they did that with Game of Thrones because all these guys were doing movies. So, everything all right over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right now, I was just showing me Robert Forrester, the actor. Yeah. To, Robert Forrester. Who, put yeah. him in there. No, Robert. I got a story about Robert Forrester. My buddy Dave did a, did a show with him once. And he was the kindest, most gentlest guy. They, on, on the set, he bought everybody um, letter openers. Letter openers? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, yeah he Robert did? Forrester passed away he, uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the vacuum sales guy. So yeah. that was his last uh I believe it was, unless gig. he has something in the can already. I don't know. But that was he, but did, he did a really good job playing he was, that he was, a, he was a real nice guy. Yeah. It was uh, you know, one of the real people in Hollywood, my friend said, said. You know, of course, he was in Jackie Brown. He did a lot of different, you know, Tarantino stuff. Um, so, yeah, Robert Forrester. He did some old war movies, too. He did. He did. He's yeah, done he, it all. He, he's done. He's one of those guys that uh, Tarantino grabbed to rejuvenate his career. Yeah. Brought him back in like he did with Travolta. Well, look, look at all the people that Tarantino really either launched or real mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for Quentin Tarantino... And Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know Steve Buscemi, oh, little, uh, far, you know, Fargo, right? Fargo. But, but I mean, after Fargo, he would have. You know, I don't think if it were for those two things, Boardwalk Empire would have been a thing. Oh, yeah. Which they wanted. You know, they wanted James Gallofino for that for Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, I think Buscemi but, played that part. I way think better. he played it great because he actually really uh, uh, the real character He's Thompson, closer to Nucky yeah. Thompson, is, was a big dude. Was a real big guy. He was, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and Buscemi... Buscemi did a great job. He's got that weird, Man. creepy personality. Man, that show was awesome. Yeah, he reminds me of a personal friend of mine. I'm not going to mention the okay. name on the air, but... <laughs> and, and being a fireman, too. Former fireman. Buscemi. Yeah. yeah. He lost a lot of his friends at 9-11. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Great actor. He he did an Inside the Actors studio that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love to host that. Could you imagine being able to just get inside the minds of these people? You know, that's back on. It's on Ovation TV now. The new host, now. yeah. And the last one they just did last week was the Fonz himself. Oh, Henry Winkler. Henry I saw that. Winkler. I, I saw the. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but that's definitely one I'm going to be tuning into. Oh, yeah. Well, we seem to be getting close to the. We're uh, getting close. End of the road mi- here, and a half here. And we're going to have to bring it out with. Uh, wh- wh- how how are we going to end this Sammy Hagar craze? Oh, we got I got one. Here? I got one. I got one tuned up for you. Got here. one in mind, huh? Oh, yeah. Do I get to sing along? No. Darn. Because I'll turn your microphone off. Yeah, I know. Jim's got all control over the microphone, which is probably a good thing. I'm in control. Right. I'm thinking about the listeners is what I'm thinking about. You might, well, fair <laughs> enough. Hey, you might you might control the knobs, but I have the pen, man. You got the pen. <laughs> I don't know what that means, folks. All right. And with that, uh, looks what? like we got one more in the can to get real with Ralph, and we're going to take this to the final break with some Sammy Hagar. Thanks for tuning in, folks.